with drama unfolding everywhere in England this past weekend, it's really, really an exciting, it's really, really exciting times in England right now. Let's just put it that way. Welcome to Tetra Soulcast. This is episode 11. My name is Adam. I am always your host. And it's a full house in the building this evening. Welcome for looking at today. I'm very fine, thanks. How are you feeling too? Good evening to everyone. You sound very chill. I like that. Richard, how are you feeling? Um, I'm okay. Namala, how is it on your end? Mm, oh, well. It's always the same feeling. I'm feeling good. Whenever we are here to talk about football. Let's do this quickly. Well, last weekend, I can tell you it was, it was a roller coaster. Let's put it that way. There were some expected wins. And there were the unexpected things. For example, we could start from the beginning where Arsenal won the game by two goals to nothing at the King Power Stadium. Leicester City lost that game at home to Arsenal by two goals to nothing. Then later on Saturday afternoon, we saw the quite shocking ones. Like, for example, to be very honest, I think that's quite shocking actually. Burnley against Brentford. Burnley won that game by three goals to one. Watford against Southampton ended in a one new scoreline. Southampton took the three three points away from the Vicarage from the Vicarage Stadium, from Vicarage Road. Thanks to Shea Adams. Then at the Etihad Stadium, it was quite unusual, unusual atmosphere. Let's put it that way. When Conor Gallagher was the star of the show, one goal, one assist, two goals to nothing. Congratulations to Crystal Palace. They took all three points away from Manchester City. Then also later on, also on Saturday afternoon, it was Chelsea's afternoon when they won three goals to nothing at St. James Park, which means Newcastle are still winless under new ownership. Three goals to nothing, it ended. Rich James scored two goals for himself and Jorginho a penalty goal for him as well. Also, on Saturday afternoon, which was probably where the little surprise came from, is the fact that Liverpool and Brighton and Overbion played out a 2-2 draw. Liverpool, um, Liverpool couldn't hold on. Let's put it that way. Richard did call it actually last weekend that Brighton would actually pose a threat, but that was quite impressive. Let's put it that way. Then, Saturday evening, to round up, to round up the first day of the game week, Saturday evening, it was, it was the Cristiano Ronaldo show. Let's put it that way. One goal, one assist, and also a goal for Marcus Rashford, who came off the bench, was enough to seal all three points. Three goals, three points, and it looks like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's job just might be safe. Let's put it that way. At North London, Tottenham was post stadium. Tottenham could not actually score any, and they considered three. Three goals to nothing. He ended in favor of Manchester United. And also, there's an update at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We'll get to that also in a few moments. On Sunday afternoon, it was Norwich City who scored. They scored, but they could not outscore their opponents. Norwich City won, Leeds United 2 at the at Carroll Road on Sunday afternoon. Then later in the evening, something else happened, which was quite unusual. West Ham United won four goals to one away from home at the Villa Park. Why it was quite shocking is probably because, well, Michael Antonio was not involved in any of the four goals. We'll get to that also in a the moment. Then finally, on Monday night... It was Wolverhampton Wanderers who took the game by the neck when Raul Jimenez and Max and Max Kielman scored both goals and Alex Wobis Alex Wobis return goal was not enough to save anything. Wolverhampton Wanderers two goals to one against Everton on Monday night. Gentlemen, at this point we are going through everything that has happened last weekend. But which one would you would you say caught your attention the most and missed all these games? Um. Firstly, of course, as a United fan, I would pick the Tottenham versus United game based on sentiments. Like, wow, that game. Oh, we won. You see, the thing is, it's not like United were overly impressive in the game. It was just mm. that, you know, it was more like a game of two shit teams 
where the more shittier team lost to, to the other one because United weren't that good. If United played that way against Liverpool, that was um, two weekends ago, they would have still lost. Mm. If United played that way against a Man City, they would, they would still lose. Mm. So, you know, that's the difference this time around when they go against City. We'll get to that in a moment, actually. Well, Richard, yeah. let me quickly give you the Etihad game. Manchester still lost to Crystal Palace. That's, that's already a shocker. Manchester still lost to Crystal Palace by two goals to nil. That's even weird. Manchester still lost at home against Crystal Palace by two goals to nil. How do you, how do you think that one? How do you think? What, what do you think was the standout point in that game? Well, as we all know, um, Mr. Gallagher has been at the top of his top of playing the game of his life, playing top football, world class football, since moving on from Chelsea yeah. to Crystal Palace. And before the game, I was kind of certain that you be you give Manchester City midfielders and their defenders a run for their money. While I would not lie to you, I was not seeing anything other than a win for Manchester City. And this is just only the fourth team to beat Manchester City in the league at home without Manchester City scoring since Pep Guardiola took over. So it is something that will be celebrated. I think Patrick Vieira has proven himself to an extent that he can manage a Premier League club, an average Premier League club. And we have to say, these boys are as well as firing on all cylinders. Imagine with Fajar scoring more often than he scored in the past three seasons. It is something that is worth mentioning. Well, that's beautiful work there. But just to chip that, just to chip it in, do you think maybe the red card to Amrik Laporte maybe oh. probably disbalanced the game? Oh, uh, actually, for a team of Manchester City's class and with their world relating manager, Pep Guardiola, mm. one would expect them to hold on despite going down one man. But I think Manchester City were too adventurous after the red card. A team like Manchester City, we get they have the players, they have the ability, you know. They're supposed to sit down at that point and strategize and see how they go about things. But Gladiola being Gladiola said to just show caution to the winner and let them do what they want to do. Namala, so, what do you think happened? I think uh, City actually panicked and they, they belittled Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace could have caught them and could have scored many goals if they had yeah. taken their chances. Yeah, yeah. And that's the fact. The Crystal Palace could have punished them if they were decisive in their finishes because yeah. I, I saw the game and, you know, a couple of finishes that only, maybe only a defender will be cut out, only two will be cut out. And they should have scored a lot of goals before Gallagher even scored in yeah. the, um, almost um, to the closing of the game. So I feel, well, the red card might have been the issue, but for a squad that is worth almost a billion pounds, well, I don't know, I don't know what to say to Pep uh, Guardiola, actually. All right, let's go to Anfield. Liverpool were two goals up, thanks to goals from Jordan Anderson and Sadio Mane. And all of a sudden, it kind of, it kind of looked like they just crumbled. I mean, Mwepu scored as well as um, Leandro Trossard. I don't know, I would not quite say... I would not say it was it was expected because well Liverpool were on were in something I think we can define as red hot form. Then all of a sudden, I understand that Brighton, yes, I've made a statement so far. But do you think Brighton were lucky or Liverpool were unfortunate? How would you place it exactly? Damola? I feel it's just football. And football football is a game that you cannot really, really predict. 
Richard predicted Brighton to score two goals. Please. Yeah, Richard did. Well, yeah. Richard did predict well, Brighton to score Richard two goals. Richard predicted Brighton to score two goals. You predicted them to score two goals, but you didn't predict them maybe drawing the game against Liverpool. But well, what's your take on the game on Atanfield on Saturday afternoon? That game, firstly, I have to say, Bisuma is the Brighton machine. You know, Brighton, Brighton seemed to have been out of form before the Liverpool game. That was because Bisuma wasn't available. And then mm. Steve that game, and then, wow, they did well. Meanwhile, Trossard's goal, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a beauty. That, uh, that strike was actually reminiscent of what Salah could do. So it was, mm. it was very nice to see. And if, if this thing, if Brighton were even more clinical, they mm. had chances. They had chances. The game was there for them and it was there for the taking. But, you know, of mm. course, all these small teams, all these small teams, their finishing always let them down. Mm. Out of all the 10 games, but let me, I'm still with you. Of all the 10 games played last week, of this previous weekend, how exactly, what player would you maybe pick as a standout? I mean, they were top, top, top performance all around. In my book, I'd say maybe Aaron Ramsdale, Cristiano Ronaldo, and maybe Sam Ogalaga as top three players on this last weekend. But, who do you think made the most exceptional one? That person that you were not expecting anything from that actually blew you off your seat this last weekend? I would say Aaron Ramsdale. I would say Aaron Ramsdale. Because the thing is, I'll be honest, when, when Arsenal first signed Ramsdale, you know, considering his record with Bournemouth and um, Sheffield, that they both, those teams got relegated. I said, mm. I was like, hey, Arsenal got relegated though. Ramsdale is not, fine, Ramsdale on a personal level, is he good enough? Yes, yes, yes. I feel like he's above average, but he's not breaking that ceiling just yet. But then I was like, is he good enough for us now? I was feeling like, no, he isn't. But no, at this weekend, really, like, he proved his stuff. Like, yes, that he belongs at the top I mean, table. Even, mm-hmm. your, even the great Peter Schmeichel actually commented and said, the free kick save Did you was... that free kick save? It was beautiful, honestly. I mean, honestly, yeah, even the commentator mentioned it and said, yes, although the ball was calling back to him already, it still required something top-notch, something from the top drawer to actually get there was, this, there was this save he made, the one um, against Avi Barnes. That save was impressive. Oh, yeah, the, the one from the corner, I think. No, no, no. Sorry? It was the one that Avi Barnes squeezed his way through into the box. That, oh, yeah. That's was really good too. The guy was impressive, I have to say. So Richard, Ram- who would you call your standout player from this weekend? Uh, I would have to say it was Matthew Lawton. Matthew Lawton. Of Burnley. Because before, prior to the game, I I actually knew that Burnley was going to come out on top in the game. But I never expected him to be the, like the standout player in the game. His first goal at Tottenham. Exactly. That one has to be said. Like, Burnley have failed to win a match in that stadium, despite the fact that it's their home stadium, all year long. Yeah, we mentioned and that last week. And then this guy comes up and produces a master class. Alone, what he had was some... Because, well, I had him my team. Congratulations to me. One goal, one assist, and three maximum bonus points, 14 points. I have to, I, I wish I could actually.
Okay, no worry. Let Damola speak. Let Damola. I can hear you people now again. All right. Sorry, there was a little break there. Damola, please finish up. Okay. Um, according to uh, stats, well, West Ham has won, has done the double over Aston Villa for the first time since 1967. Mm. And so, considering the length of years, Declan Rice put on a masterclass, a goal and assist from him. Boy, mm. well, he was a standout performer in the game and actually inspired a win against Aston Villa. All right. Well, on that note, let's quickly run through the other statistics. Like, for example, Chelsea are now three points clear on top of the table with 25 points after 10 games played. Liverpool are second with 22 points. Manchester City, third with 20 points. West Ham United, fourth with 20 points as well. Manchester, in, Manchester City and West Ham United, third and fourth with 20 points apiece. Fifth and sixth positions are now occupied by Manchester United and Arsenal with 17 points to their name. Well, on the bottom half of the table, Burnley finally got their first win of the season, but it was not enough to actually get them out of the relegation battle yet. Seven points, Burnley sits in tenth. Okay, Burnley. Okay, Burnley. Yes, Burnley sits in with seven points. Yeah, with seven points to themselves. Newcastle sit nineteenth with four points, and Norwich City are bottom with two points. My question at this point. Follow me. Yeah, that that which that team. <laughs> Firstly, you when you were running through the results, you said, "Oh, Norwich scored, but they were outscored." The mm. thing is, if Norwich faced themselves, eh, they will still outscore themselves. <laughs> That's how useless that is this season. They are that useless. you know, the last time they were in the Premier League, they, they had that great. little. They had a little they beginning good form, exactly. And, not, and all of a sudden, they come yeah. But no, this time, we're not saying that. Looking at things right now, you find out that um, Norwich are, they have over nine new players in that squad. What am I saying? Nine, 10 or 11 new players in that squad. So mm. I know it's it's expected of Daniel Farker to be a better manager than what he has shown so far. But that team is still not chilled. So, so I believe so, so, no, 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 So you still have Wow. They are like almost a third into he the season. Norwich has not picked up any winning points in 10 games. <laughs> they so, have to Richard. Think it's possible. Um, Richard. Miracles are Well, not this time. <laughs> I don't think it's happening this time around. I think I speak on, on behalf of the rest of us. I, I see Watford, um, Crystal Palace, and um, Newcastle going on. <laughs> I mean, oh, that Newcastle is well, never <laughs> because you have spent so much money and you expect them to maybe yeah, they, 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 they have new ownership. No, oh, yes. my bad. <laughs> okay, they have so much money. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's spend. hopefully, yeah. Well, in breaking news, I can tell you that Nuno Espirito Santo has been relieved of his job at um the Tottenham Stadium four months into four months after he took over. Now we have a new face. Somebody, Palumi, a few days before his announcement, Palumi did say it was not going to happen, but it happened. Antonio Conte is the new manager, is the new face, is going to be the new man on the sidelines when Tottenham step out of the dugout to take on any team. For, well, he signed a new two-year contract. Um, he signed a new two-year contract just a few hours ago. Sorry? 18-month contract. 18-month contract. 
All right, 18 month contracts. It's sorry, thank you very thank you very much for the correction. Anthony Kondo signed an 18 month contract and hopefully we hope to see the best from Tottenham. Maybe no, now that no, we do not hope to see the best. Why are you being such a you say I hope to see the best, don't say we. Okay, I hope to see the best football from Tottenham as with the new face in charge. Anyways, in other statistics, the goal scorers list is barely is barely, has barely been tampered with. It's probably still the same thing from last week. Mohamed Salah with 10 goals to his name. Jamie Vardy with seven goals is sitting second. Michael Antonio is now joined by Sadio Mane as joint second with six goals. On the assist list, joint we have joint third. Joint third, thank you very much, with six goals. On the assist list, we have Paul Pogba with seven assists, still top from the very beginning of the season. Mohamed Salah now has six assists to his name, second, closing in on Paul Pogba. Mateo Kovacic and Gabriel Jesus have five assists and sits joint third. On the clean sheets race, we've had quite the change on it. Andrew Mendy is now top of the clean sheets race with six, with six clean sheets. Alison Becker and Ederson Moraes have five clean sheets to their name. Have five clean sheets to their names. Then we have to talk about this next set of people. Aaron Ramsdale has jumped from has jumped straight up into the race, actually. He joined third with Robert Sanchez and Alex McCarthy with four clashes to their name. Balumi, I remember, I know you've already mentioned Aaron Ramsdale already as a standout player, but at this point, do you think maybe it's time for Bernardo to actually be second choice? Like, is he officially confirmed at the moment? Leno is now second choice now. Leno was mm-hmm. one who started in the Carabao Cup game. Tells you everything you need to know about his sport in the, tri- in the team. Mm, if you I guys mean. remember at the beginning of the season mm. when we were all arguing about Leno and Ramsdale yeah, starting, yeah, yeah. remember I said that Leno was not world class and Ramsdale will bench him with time. Mm. And everybody was like, Oh, well, that was it like, like he needed just little time. They, they all said Leno bench Martinez and all. Like telling you, Martinez is not Ramsdale. And then that point, and the Arsenal fans cannot open their mouth to say anything because <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are on the same point as Manchester United. Well, Even if they are still bottom, they are still on that as well. Well, it's just a few goals, actually. Just, just who knows? Maybe if Manchester United slip up again, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It could well, I am actually hoping, well, I'm, I'm, I'm confident enough that we've had a Well, I'm that one we'll get to in the other section of the show. Let's take a quick breather and we'll be back shortly for that. It's always a pleasure to get to have you guys around. Welcome back quickly. Balumi is already here. Others will be joining us shortly. But in the meantime, let's go back to... Let's get into the UEFA Champions League for last day number three. Match day number four, pardon me. It was something... Hmm. Balumi, how would you, how would you... In one word, how would you define what happened in match day four in the UEFA Champions League? Um, exceptional. Exceptional. To go. Okay, let's go through the results before others join us. We have Wolfsburg against Salzburg ended in the two-one score line. Let's remember. Let's not forget that on match day three, Salzburg won that game by three goals to one. This time around, I think Salzburg. I think I can use the word Salzburg were the architects of their own demise because they missed a lot of chances. Most especially, most notably, was Karim Adeyemi. At least he missed nothing less than two very very good clear cut chances. Wolfsburg took theirs and they won that game by two goals to one. Chelsea needed just one, thanks to Hakim Ziyech. Just one goal to nothing in Sweden to qualify to also seal their qualification 
for the round of 16. One goal to nothing in favor of Chelsea against Malmo. Villarreal scored two goals to nothing against Young Boys. Sevilla Lille was one goal to two. Lille won that game away from home. Then Bayern, this time around, well, the goals were spread out and not just in the last 20 minutes of the game. Bayern won that game by five goals to two against Benfica. Robert Lewandowski marked his 100th appearance in the UEFA Champions League with a hat-trick. That one, Palumi, I'm very, very sure you're excited about. Am I correct? Definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm really excited. All right, away from that one, Juventus to Zenit St. Petersburg. When Zenit came to Italy and Juve served them, Another round of very, very, very blissful, blissful football. I, I, this was probably one of the few times I could have said yes. I watched Juventus and I was, I was quite impressed. Paolo Dybala, Federico Chiesa, Alvaro Morata were all on the goal scorers list. Four goals to two that game ended in favor of Juventus. Atalanta and Manchester United, Manchester United boys. I'm pretty sure at this point I can say you can almost worship Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored the equalizer twice for Manchester. After Duvan Zapata and Josip Ilicic scored to give Atalanta the lead twice, but Ronaldo came back twice. Atalanta 2, Manchester United 2 was how that one ended. Then also, we saw Barcelona pick up their second win and six points now to stand joint second in the group, thanks to Ansu Fati's lone strike in, this, in, in, the last, in the last quarter of an hour. After they had tried, they tried and tried and tried, and finally the breakthrough came, and that was the only one they needed. The 19-year-old youngster and Sufati, who is still on his way back from on his way back to full recovery, needed just that one chance, that one size of goal. One goal to nothing in favor of Barcelona in that game in Kiev. Then finally, I'm not sure if I can say Milan are picking up or they just got lucky this time around. AC Milan against Porto ended 1-1 at the San Siro. Madrid against Shakhtar Donetsk. Real Madrid are the first team to score 1,000 UEFA Champions League or UEFA Champions League or European Cup goals. Karim Benzema was on the end of a brace thanks to two assists from Vinicius Jr. That youngster actually, we, we might actually need to maybe see if he was stepped up quite impressively this season, actually. Two goals to one in favor of Madrid against Shakhtar Donetsk. Then, Sporting Lisbon just ran away with that game. Pedro Goncalves scored two goals. Paulinho scored one for himself and also Pablo Sarabia got on the score sheet. Four goals to nothing in favour of Sporting Lisbon against Besiktas. Inter Milan went to Moldova and claimed their second three points to stand to now have six points. The same scoreline from the first leg, except this time around, they were away from home. Three goals to one, it was. It ended in favour of Inter Milan against Sheriff Tiraspol. Goal scorers were Alexis Sanchez and Milan Skriniar were also were on the goal scorers list in that game. Then, this one... I would, I would use the word maybe a little slice of unfair. This, um, Damala, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. This one, I think I would put to you directly. Um, Borussia Dortmund against Ajax. It was quite unusual because let's start with the red card. Let's start with let's 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 start with the red card. How exactly do you think exactly that one deserved a straight sending off for Matonos? Well, you know we've been talking. Well, no. Uh, that that that's that about that. So and then we've been talking about the uh, interference of the video assistant referee, and mm. well, the mistakes and the overzealousness and mm. the hope the VR brings. So mm. the fact that direct card was not even checked, it wasn't. I don't know if what, what because it I, was I checked actually. I um, the, the I think it was Pertini or someone. It was an English referee that was at the okay. back of everything. So how the referee? How the referee could see 
and could still decide after even seeing the video assistant referee that that was worth a red card was I don't know maybe it was because of the intent of how mm. he went to the tackle but mm. I I did not see that as a red card. All right. Well, let me, sorry, Richard, let's, well, let me ask Sad if he was already. Richard, let me speak to you directly. At this point, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to diss anybody or anything, but maybe, just maybe, Michael Oliver isn't that top-notch as we all see, as we all think he is. I mean, apart from the red card, of course, the red card, of course, he gave it a straight sending off, which I found quite harsh. And then even after it was rechecked, the fact that, I still saw the tackle again from different angles, and I could not find. I mean, I mean, yes, it was obviously fouled, but I, at best, it was a yellow card offense. We've spoken about this thing a few times about English referees not being consistent and everything. After that red card incident, look at the look at the penalty that was given to um, Borussia Dortmund in that game. It took him a recheck, and he was quite in front. He was right, like in his in his vo- in his focal in his focus when the whole tackle happened. Initially, he really don't as play on. They had to recall his attention to it. Do we think maybe that inconsistency is actually something we need to worry about in, in years to come or in matches to come? Richard? Um, the inconsistency we are seeing from Michael Oliver is something that that is bothersome. Because in the past, we all had the, the notion that, okay, the ref cannot see everything, the ref cannot see everything. And then now hmm. we're having VAR assisting and calling back terrible plays and giving also wrong decisions and then we are still complaining michael oliver has failed to step up that i remember in the 2018 world cup at russia mm. there was no single english manager um, referee excuse me exactly. available to refer a match and that is that is a terrible thing mm. i don't think okay i heard that in the qatar 2022 um world cup they are complaining that just three english refs to be taken and it's, it's bothersome Ref in the top, the best league in the world, world. The best league in Europe, best league in the world, and then you are not improving yourself. There's a match. I remember it's the same Oliver that revved that FA Cup final where Arsenal beats mm. Chelsea. Mm. Huh? Yeah, yeah I, gave, I, I, a red card, gave a red card to the um to Kovacic, and then he also the um denied. Chelsea clear goal scoring chance when Martinez used his hand to the ball outside the box. So I believe the fact that he has gotten some medals of honor and mm. some finals, he thinks he has uh, just maybe be. So, just maybe a reorientation is needed for English referees. But let me do you agree on that one. Um firstly, I want to speak about the foul. If, okay. if anything, I saw it. If anything. It was meant to be an Anthony yellow card, in my opinion, because Anthony stood on Hormels' foot, on Hormels' shin, rather. Fine, he yeah. tried to pick up, but then he ended up landing on Hormels' foot. So I do not understand why that was given as a straight red. And then when you reviewed it, I was expecting a change of mind. I was like, okay, okay, at least exactly. you would see that. It's not like, fine, we know why they give some of this red card because mm-hmm. of maybe losing... Um, which is two foot up, then his studs are open. But no, in this opinion, no, it is Anthony who stands on him. So, mm-hmm. and then, okay. yeah. But you, have consider, you have to consider how he went ahead with the tackle. Mm. Mathomas went in with only one foot, actually. I I, I saw it from like no, four different I, angles. I'm, I'm actually talking about how he, he intended to tackle him, you know. There mm. was nothing he could have done than to actually jump and try to escape the tackle. 
Exactly. But I don't mind the whole step. So, I don't. Taku was so close. Stepping on, actually. Sorry, I don't mind the stepping on because it was obvious he was trying to escape that challenge. But he ended up landing on him. There was studs right on um, Mathomeo's shin. And although I don't understand, even the overreaction from Anthony at that point, I think also played the part in actually in, in that sending off as well. Because he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. Shall, he shouted like, like he had got a broken foot or something. I don't <laughs> yes. understand. Yes, definitely. Adam. Yes. I am of the opinion that uh, the present day footballers, present generation footballers, they are chickens. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I saw I saw a replay of when um, um, Roy King stomped mm. on Gareth Southgate. Man, that stompy was that stompy was really harsh. Now, if you were to try that with a present day footballer, God, that's hey, that's, that's a five month suspension. That's a five month suspension. Keep, he will keep crying. He will keep crying. Now that uh, Anthony overplayed the issue, he overplayed exactly. the issue. He that shouted was, like he was not going to continue that game. And a few minutes later, he was and shaking Mouth Hummels before the sending off. And I was like, are you kidding me? Those Dortmund players, uh, I do not encourage uh, violence. But sometimes you need to be slapping your opponents for rugby. <laughs> because that was what I Now, let's round up this one and move to the other game. Now, speak to me. Yeah, okay. Well, I think even with the, um, uh, what, what you call, well, it was visible, the overreaction. That's mm. why we have the video assistant referee. Do you understand? He should so be able the, to catch so, these things. So it was, it was. Referee, I was disappointed, honestly. Yeah, with the referee going ahead to check, well, I'm still mm. saying he, he deserves the red card. I don't know. Only Anthony Telos uh, knew. Uh, Mike Oliver, I mean, only he knew what he saw in the game. Ah. All right. Away from that one, Manchester City. Well, they considered an unfortunate own goal from John Stones, but that was not going to stop them from running away with all three points and a lot of goals. 4-1, that game ended at the Etihad Stadium. City beat Club Brugge by four goals to one, meaning they are now they are back on top of the table. They are back on top of their group standings after Leipzig drew 2-2. Dominic Zobosla scored a last-minute penalty to salvage that draw and give RB Leipzig their first points in this season's UEFA Champions League. Christopher Nkuku got the opener. Then we saw Jorginho Wijnaldum score his first goal and his second goal in a Paris shirt. Two goal, he scored two goals in quick succession Turning that game around 2-1 at halftime. And then Andres, it also has to be mentioned that Andres Silva missed the penalty. A very, very big, I think, I wouldn't call I, I think, okay, let's put it this way. But let me, that penalty, did you see it? The penalty missed by Andres Silva. Yes, I saw it. Would you call it a bad miss or a very, very good goalkeeping or a very good goalkeeping work from Donnarumma? It was not like the penalty was the best of penalties. And then when you're playing the penalty against a big goalkeeper like Donnarumma, Donnarumma basically covers the whole post. That penalty exactly. was too. You know you are playing Donnarumma. I meant to put it beyond his reach. That penalty was mm. that penalty was terrible. It was not like mm. a very good save. Richard, was it a bad miss or good goalkeeping for you? Bad miss. Could have bad miss. To the other side, yeah, he calculated that the keeper was going to go the other way, so he mm. just put his foot through it. When you are playing against keepers that stand, I think Donnarumma is six five or six six. Uh, you see a goalkeeper uh, and then he's I think he's I think that's yes. a huge width span. Six five. Wow. You, that's impressive. You put the ball to the angle and then you put enough mm. shot in it. So mm. I'm sure All right. that was the, the reason why they gave it to match day four. It's also where another place where I think something controversial happened. Danny McKelly this time, the Dutch referee was the one in, in the center of it. Another red card. I understand, yes. It was stopping the counter-attack. Um, um, sorry, the name I'm trying to remember right now. 
Um, I think it was Marco Her. I think it was Hermoso. No, it yeah, was Felipe. It was Felipe. Yes, Luis Felipe. Thank you very much. So I that part as well, I don't know. He was stopping the counter-attack, obviously. Tukaku was wrong, yes. But that far away from the opponent's goal, I'm not and he was not the last man. I don't think a red card was also the right call at that point. They were I'm not I'm never I can't remember I don't I'm not even sure there was a check on that one. Or it was even the attitude of the player because I remember Makelly calling him back to actually talk to him, but Hermoso was I'm um, sorry, Felipe was like just carry on. He knew that what he did was wrong. He was expecting a yellow card. But when Makelly went and picked out the second card in his pocket, the red card, it became it became a big talking point at that point. Palumi, how do you see that 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 whole scenario? What, what exactly was your take on that one? That red card was pointless, was useless, it was a stupid decision because that that tackle happened halfway. It was around the halfway. It wasn't around. The, it was a few meters away from the halfway line. They were still kind of in the final third or the final third of this of the of the Liverpool side because Liverpool were barely stepping up and down eighteen. Yeah. So 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 to, to give a word, give a sending off for that, I do not understand. Mm-hmm. Fine. Okay. He could say um, maybe because it happened that um, Felipe's studs were on the back of. Um, Money, yeah, money, yeah. Then okay, that's why. But then I do not think that is worthy of a red card. Richard, how do you see that one? How did you see that one exactly? How did you see that one? Uh, I was I was not really focused on that game, so okay. From what right. all the I got, so so it was a terrible call by the referee. Damola, mm. did you see it? Did you see that? Like, did you see that part of it? Nah, I was actually watching the PSG uh, Leipzig game. Leipzig. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, also let's quickly round up on the Champions League section. Also on that on that note, we can tell you now that Robert Lewandowski has taken the top position on the goal scorers list. Eight goals to his name. Sebastian Haller, seven goals, is now in second. Christopher Nkunku, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Mohamed Salah are joined third with five goals to their names. Leroy Sanis, Leroy, I'm sorry, Anthony, the Ajax winger that we mentioned earlier, is on top of the assist standing with five assists. Leroy Sane and Bruno Fernandes are joined second with four assists to their name. And honestly, at this point, I don't know. Marco Rosa might just maybe, might just maybe need to summon a cover. It looks like they actually, I think we might actually have to conclude now that they are missing Ellen Haaland in front of the goal. Because that that what that young man brings to the table is not... It's not something you can just easily find in any other per, in any other player. After watching this second leg, Marco um Ryan Marlin has not stepped up. I have to confess, I I was kind of disappointed with the young man's performance over time. He has only scored one goal in about in over in almost nine hundred minutes of action since he signed for Borussia Dortmund this season. I don't know. It's it's becoming alarming. But anyways, in clean sheets, Manonoya, um, Wojciech Szczesny and Edward Mendy are top of the clean sheets race with three clean sheets to their names. Now, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in a few seconds. Refill your drinks, refill your popcorn bowls if you need to. We'll be back in a few seconds to tell you how to play out on this particular incoming English Premier League game week. See us. We'll see you on the other side. We are about to begin game week 11 of the English Premier League. It's safe. It's starting early this weekend, actually. It's Friday night kickoff for those 
So for my field managers, be aware that be aware that the deadline is at 7:30 p.m. on Friday evening. So be careful not to miss the deadline because it's Friday night kickoff. In the meantime, I think we can begin. Balumi is already here. Richard is already here. Damola should be with us in a few seconds as well. Southampton Aston Villa is Friday night football. Southampton against Aston Villa. This game, in my own book, I'm looking towards, I don't know, sitting in the middle because Aston Villa have not been that impressive. Southampton look to be on that um, rejuvenation. I think that's how I put it. So it's kind of on the edge. But Palumi, how do you see this one playing out? Southampton against Aston Villa, Friday night. Um, I don't know. I feel like there'll be goals and maybe Southampton yeah. just edging. Southampton edging and Aston Villa? Yeah, because they I don't know, Ralph Arsenal also has this thing where Southampton have a very bad patch and then he keeps mm. his job and then they have a very good patch and then they have a very bad patch and then they have a very good like they are such an up and down team. Mm. So I but I think they would beat uh, they'll beat Aston Villa, but then there'll be goals. There'll be goals. Mm. Yes, this is the one where I need everybody at alert. It's lunchtime kickoff, 1 30 p.m. on Saturday and I really, really can't find a better way to, to put your weekend in the right mood on a high tempo. It is the Manchester Derby at the Old Trafford. Manchester United <laughs> against Manchester City. I wish, I think I should add a drum roll effect at that point. It's going to be one of a kind. I, I would put it that way. It's on the Manchester United angle. I think we can put it as one of those games where we can access Ole Gunnar Solskjaer again. On the Manchester City angle, these guys just lost, just they just lost an embarrassing game to Crystal Palace last weekend. They are trying to, they are trying to come back from that one. They are trying to rejuvenate themselves. They are trying to redeem themselves. So it's all worth fighting for. But Palumi, let me start with you again. How do you see this one panning out? Uh, <laughs> I want to sit on the fence because, okay, I'll be honest. Part of me. Mm. Once, of course, I'm a diehard United fan. So, of course, for every Definitely. game United play, I want United to win. Okay, and then there's this part of me that's like, oh, well, if we have to lose for Soldier to win, let's just get it done. But I don't know. I don't know. But as for the result, from a non-sentimental mm. point of view, mm. I think I think City would nick it. Because we saw United against Atalanta. God damn it. That team just scraped through to a draw. They were terrible. They were terrible. Mm. I Maguire is shit. I Maguire is shit. That last big tackle good. against against Duvan Zapata is a tackle that close to your opponent. I think I should mention that one. But let me finish. Are you but let me sorry. Go ahead. If not for Eric Bay in that match, god damn mm. it, we would have left Bergamo with nothing. Mm. I Maguire is shit. If he puts up that performance against a deadly side like Man City, Man City will punish United. Now, on the flip Richard, side... But let me... All right. Sorry. Go on, go on. Now, flip side, Man City mm. have also struggled to create chances lately. Again, forget the fact that they scored four. In the first place, they were lacking. going. If, if Man City turn up with that side to Old Trafford, considering... Soldiers, masterclass at counter-attacking football, soccer punch football. United will beat mm. City because mm. United know that Man City will create chances. So whatever chances they have, they must convert it. Mm. They just must. Richard, it's the Manchester Derby. I'm pretty sure you are itching to speak about this one. How do you see this one going? Uh, first of all, I'd like to give an appreciation to Jesus and to God. Okay. <laughs> 
finally we get to see the back of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. <laughs> As we were going over to the ETR to play this match, I would have smiled and been so confident that we were going to get a win. But mm. in recent times, playing no travel teams, like, ah, oh God, we're going to lose again. We're going to lose again. Mm. And then, this is Manchester City we are talking about. Mm. Whether they're in form or out of form, if they see Manchester United, a Manchester derby, and then their blood is pumping, they are, they are mm, rising. And then mm. you'll be scared. You'll be wondering why. All of a sudden, you see Ryan Sterling playing classic football. You see Ruben Diaz wanting to score goals. And you see Ederson mm. delivering that killer pass just because Boya did it during the week. Mm. Manchester United in Bergamo was shit. Maguire is, should be called Captain Shit. I don't know if, that, if that's possible <laughs> or if I'm going to get sued for that. But that is what it's all about. The only way we can get a get a point or a win mm. from this game is if the coach decides to drop his captain. I'll not say our mm. captain, his captain, because even the players are not even they're mm. not happy with Maguire as the captain. You heard Roy King speak the other day. He said, mm. I don't want to see anybody apologizing again. Harry Maguire will come out here and apologize and say the group we are trying to be better and everything. You are trash. He said it about Maguire. That is a former mm-hmm. Manchester United captain saying this about you. You can't be captain and be trash. It doesn't mm. work that way. So this match is going to be in favor of Manchester City, sadly. And mm. I'm trying to find a way to bring Kevin De Bruyne into my team because he's scoring two penalties. All because Maguire... Two penalties? Players. You really think he can be that clumsy at the back? Maguire is clumsy. He's not that clumsy. He can be that okay. Maguire. Maguire is okay. almost with clumsiness because... That tackle yeah. you're talking about against Duvan Zabata, he could have taken that ball yes. easily. That was a ball. It was, he it was, it was too. It was. It was too clear. I think it was. I, I know that, yes, Zabata is faster. But there was no way he was supposed to miss that tackle. He, he took a swing commit. and missed really bad. Exactly. Once you are committing, you are committing. Not he committed and then he withdrew his leg because he was scared of penalty or something. What kind of a captain is that? You never see that from legendary JT John Terry. Rio Ferdinand, mm. Nemanja Vidic, mm. even, even Khaled Kuyu. Like, this is... Once they point all in, that kind of thing. Exactly. Well, on, on injury updates, I can tell you that it's com- it's about com- it's almost about confirmed, actually, that um Rafael Varane is about three or four weeks away from getting back on the pitch. But speaking on that one, it looks like we're going to see Maguire and Bailey in centre-back. Then... If he wants to go with the three-man defense again, maybe if Lindelof is available, which I'm not quite certain of his stance. But anyways, away from that one, Damala, you are the one person I like to hear about when it comes to con- approach that I like. So how do you want to approach this one? The might start Debbie. Adam, <laughs> actually, uh, let, let me talk about Richard. Richard just disrespected those legends by mentioning that their mm. name in the same statement as I Maguire. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I apologize. Clearly, I apologize. clearly should not have done that because I don't know if Maguire is, should be, should even be, please. Oh, because wow. I don't know, I don't know what that guy is doing. Just like Breaking said, he said maybe because of the hangover of the heroes or what, he's mm. not just fit. I was in mm. a group chat and they were saying Maguire, Maguire is running in slow motion and yes, you can see. I don't know how you want to track back and 
and I, I don't know. Somebody behind you will still run faster than you. The one of mm. players are going to, to defend. Mm. United against Tottenham, like I said, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if uh, everybody sees it that way. They were not special. United nah, it was just Atalanta. it was majorly the Ronaldo. That's why I said I called it the Ronaldo show last week. It was just a, a moment yeah. of brilliance. So and United because against Tottenham Atalanta, was just lackluster. Because Maguire, Maguire inflicted, I don't know, much of the damage. If Eric Bailly, as Palumi has said, and as everybody saw, if he wasn't mm. at the back for us, well, we should easily have lost that game by like five or six goals. Because that guy that guy put up a couple of, you know, breathtaking, um, what do you call it? Uh, tackles. Uh, defense. Yes, tackles. There was, there was some tackles that he made. Like, wow. Is this the same Eric Bailly? Yeah. Eric very honest. Like, I was very, 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 very... I was yes. very, very impressed. Yeah. I was like, please, no. Please, please, please. I like, I like it. That bad. But I don't know. You want Eric Bailly to take the band? I would like you to take your statement back. Eric Bailly Which is one? always perfect with the tackles. Don't disrespect oh. him. All right. I'm sorry about that. Uh, my sincere apologies, sir. All right. Away from the Manchester Derby, let's go into other games of the game weekend. 4 p.m. Our goal rush is just three games actually this weekend. Chelsea against Burnley, Crystal Palace against Wolves, and Brentford against Norwich City. I think we can all agree when I say Brentford will probably take all three points away from Norwich City. Yeah, will, me, yeah, sure I, know, I know you agree. All right, fine. Well, of, I think also Chelsea Burnley. Well, this one is kind of tricky because Chelsea are still without a striker and they are looking. A little bit unfortunate in front of goal. So, just maybe, just maybe, if Burnley can actually take their chances, who knows, maybe he might say another Matilotin special. Richard, do you think so? No, no, I don't see any Matilotin special yet. Well, I like that have the, They have the wing-backs to, mm. to, to undo any crosses, undo any um, attempts from the wings. And then they have the centre-backs that can, that can match... Um, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes in this in the hmm. air. So definitely, Antonio Rudiger is gigantic. There's nothing for Burnley in this game to even be a clean sheet, in my opinion, for hmm. Chelsea. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, away from that one, the the one where I think I'm going to tip it towards my Wolverhampton Wanderers team. Wolverhampton Wanderers are away against Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. Although it must be mentioned that Crystal Palace are still yet to lose a home game in this present Premier League season. At the same time, you just might look at it and be like, just maybe it could be Wolves. Just maybe it could be Wolves. Because he Chang Wang and Raul Jimenez have formed something I can almost call lethal. I think, yes, I think I can actually use the word lethal on it. But let me, what do you think of that one? Lethal, that lethal combination, it looks like we're seeing that Jimenez Jota coming back again. Yes, yes, yes. The um, Jimenez and Wang Yi Chang, they are looking mm. very good this season. They're looking very good. And I think the number of goals between them two is, is really admirable. And then, um, I, at least, I remember that uh, Wangi Chang's goal, the last one that he scored, it was a Jimenez assist. So, yes. Yeah, that was against so, Asia. But I think, I think overall, the game went in a draw. I do not see mm. Patrick Berrias team losing. All right. You might actually want to just actually maybe take that chance on him. He's worth about his cost about 5.7 million at the moment, which is quite cheap for a midfielder delivering so much points, actually. Then on the Wolverhampton Wanderers side, definitely I'll suggest Raul Jimenez because 
that young man is is slowly getting back into his rhythm. He got a goal for himself, although that one was a defensive slip up in the Everton setup, but he was still there to pounce on it at the end of the day. So Brentford, Brentford, Norwich. I think I think I can actually go out and say maybe if Anthony will get a goal in that game, just maybe if Anthony will get a goal in that game. Six thirty p.m. on Saturday evening, Brighton against Brighton against Newcastle. Brighton a very very impressive draw. Newcastle yet to get a win under new ownership. How do you see this one going? Firstly, I have to say Newcastle is not a serious club. Because wow. yesterday night, I was seeing that Newcastle are in talks with Ediawi. A team like that with such owners and such money yeah. Yeah, are looking at Ediawi. Nah, that's, that's shit. They are not mm-hmm. serious. They are not ready for life. Right to Newcastle. Since the whole new ownership saga starts, since the whole new ownership was confirmed. Brighton will be Newcastle. All right. Sorry. Since the whole new ownership thing was confirmed, we've heard nothing less than about four or five different managers have been linked to that club. There's, there was a time it was Paulo for Senka. I think that one was almost the one where everybody was like, okay, that's actually a good move. They were good for it. And then all of a sudden, he changed from Paulo for Senka. We heard Steven Gerrard was leaving Rangers and coming to manage in the Premier League. And then after that one, we heard um, this, um, the former um, Borussia Dortmund coach, Lucian Favre, was coming into the Premier League. Then even at the point, this one was probably a wild shot. But yeah, at the point we think we, I think I heard Antonio Conte was going to be the one to take over. Then all of a sudden, now we are hearing it's Eddie Howe. I don't know. Those guys, it looks like they're not ready to fire Steve Bruce. I think that's the way I'll put it. I don't know. I don't know what to say Steve about Bruce that one, actually. Steve Bruce Steve has been fired. Steve, fired. Oh, sorry. Fired. Oh, sorry. Pardon me. So it's the interim manager at the moment. Sorry. Yes. Pardon me for that one. But anyways, away from that one, we think Brighton and Overwatch might take it away. Sunday afternoon, it's 3 p. It's 3 p.m. kickoffs. Sunday afternoon, it looks like we have a mini goal rush. Arsenal, Watford, Everton, Tottenham, Leeds against Leicester. Everton, Tottenham is actually where my eyes would be on Sunday afternoon, to be in my own personal opinion, because that's where I think I see something very, very interesting happening. Antonio Conte took charge of his first game for Tottenham Hotspur yesterday night, and it was a 3-2 win. Lucas Moura son he made an, an, an own goal against Vite, against um Vitesa. They won that game in the Conference League. So yes, maybe this time around in the Premier League it will be different. They played a 3-4-3 last night, which is quite known by that for those that followed the Antonio Conte football very well in the Premier League. It was a system that took Chelsea. Not mistaken, the last man trial came under Antonio Conte in 2016. Uh, so, yes, maybe this time around. But let me put it to you. Everything against Tottenham, how do you see this one going? Well, let me yes, yes, I'm with you. I didn't catch what you said. Your network seems to be breaking off. Well, me... Oh, sorry. I, I said everything against you. Tottenham. How do you see that one going? Tottenham win. Tottenham win. Straight up Tottenham win. Yeah, counter effect. Hmm. All right. Maybe hopefully if I want to if I want to take a long shot, I'll probably say Hurricane will score. Richard Richard, Arsenal against Watford. Uh unfortunately, I have to be in support of Arsenal today. <laughs> at at wrenching and shat, at shattering. But okay. Arsenal in recent times have they've come out on top in most of their games. They have this. Who knows? Maybe we should under Ramsdale masterclass. 
No, no, no. It's not even about Aaron Ramsey right now. It's about the fact that um, Mikel Ateta, all, mm. all plaudits go to him for finding the mm. balance between Ben White, uh, mm. Gabriel, and Tomiyasu. In a way that Tomiyasu can actually form a back three when Tierney and others move forward. So it's just, there's this synchrony that Arsenal suddenly have. And mm. then in the presence of Thomas Pathy in that midfield, you see Arsenal is a bit um, solid in the midfield region also. And then their strikers are firing. You see Emil Smith's role. Emil Smith's role. That kid has something that I can't, I can't say he's perfect or he's world-class, but he brings that extra edge to the game every single time. Mm. Although Bukayo Saka, the famous Bukayo Saka is suddenly dwindling. Well, mm. yeah, I hope it's just a temporary stuff because it's in my Amen. head. I hope Amen. Enough. I really love that young star. I just well, love him so is, much. So. This is going to be a match where it is going to be determined by the number of goals each team scores because there will be goals in the match. A lot All of right. goals. Namola leads against Leicester City. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, I just think here yeah, maybe Jamie Vardy will get a hat trick. <laughs> wow. Well, against against this uh, this current lead, say well, you can't you can't rule anything out, but mm. um, it would be a matter of oh, whoever scores who. Well, but mm. Leeds have not really been promising in terms of uh, attacks, but um, Leicester have been doing well with Ayana uh, Cho, Tillemans, and Jimmy Vardy up front. Mm. Well. I feel last time I just pick up the points of the three points and just run away with it. So, but it was Leicester City was mainly because if you look at both of them defensively, Leicester City are like a more solid defense. I think we can agree on that one. Leicester City at least know how to keep their positions at the back and everything. Then. Yeah, in front of goal, yes, Jamie Vardy is definitely lethal. Patrick Daka also has made a statement or two for himself to actually shoot that way into the... Honestly, I really, really want to see it. It sounds very, very good on paper, but I think you guys should tell me what you think of a Vardy-Daka front two. But let me, let me start with you. Jamie Vardy and Patrick Daka in front of goal, what do you think would happen? I don't know, honestly. I don't know. But I can't really say anything about it, to be honest. Richard, a Jamie Vardy and Patsendaka partnership in front of goal. How do you see that one finding out? It wouldn't work. Um, Jamie Vardy is a player in the build of, um, let's say, a complete forward, where mm. he plays the role of a target man, a fox in the box. Wow, <laughs> the point is that a fox in the box. <laughs> okay. So, and then, Patsendaka is a out-and-out poacher. He tries mm. to find spaces and all, and just keeps on running and stuff like that. Mm. You don't combine those positions together because there has to be cohesion. One player has to go forward, one player has to stay back. Not mm. having both center forwards charging at every ball. They can't have that cohesion. That's why you see Eiracho driving with Vardy because Eiracho knows when to stay back mm. and when to go forward. But Patsindaka wants to score goals. He wants to always mm. score goals. So it's going to be difficult combining both mm. of them. With, and go with the I'm formation st- that um, Brenda Rogers is fielding, you know, where if, if he relies most on his fullbacks, making those mm. runs and making cutting backs and everything. So it can work. All right. I 
fair enough. I'm actually still stuck between it, but I think I want to captain value this this game week actually. I'm still stuck between it, but yeah, it's crossing my mind. So I'm still working towards this. But anyways, let's go into the last game of the game week. West Ham against Liverpool at the London Stadium. This one I find quite tantalizing. Although, yeah, from on paper, it looks like yeah, Liverpool should take it away from them. But at the same time, you see this West Ham team and West Ham team, and they do some things that you don't quite expect them to pull off. They pull off some stunts like that, and you don't you be like, wow, they actually did it. And considering the form that Declan Rice is in, Michael Antonio is not really, really the best of forms right now. Hopefully, he picks up before I lose my patience with the young man. But well, let me let me go with you first. West Ham United against Liverpool. I don't know why I'm tipping towards a West Ham win. Mm, a West Ham win. That's a brave move, actually. Namala, are you with me? Yes, I'm I'm with you. West Ham against Liverpool. Where do you stand? I unfortunately for me, well, I have to stand with uh let me see. Liverpool Liverpool is actually taking the win away from me because mm. we've seen this Liverpool side play. And even even if they just, they needed uh, two first half goals and uh, maybe red card to see off uh, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League week. I feel they've been playing really well. And you know, to catch to to be able to catch this Liverpool side on our way, you have to be at your you have to be shooting on all cylinders, one represent in all the departments, your defense, your attacks, and your midfield. They have to be very very solid. And Liverpool right now they are in odd form, so. Well, I don't see West Ham trying. I, I, I don't see them pulling off uh, a surprise. So Liverpool, Liverpool, we, are, we win. Are you with me? Hello, Adam. Adam. All right. Apologies for the network interruption there. Damala, can you quickly go back to what you were saying before earlier? Yeah, okay. Um, I said Liverpool, they are, they are in top form right now. They are in red old mm. form, as you show. Mm. And for this, West Ham, for this West Ham side to be able to pick up any points, especially, mm. I said they have to be, or they have to be firing on all cylinders. Their attacks have to be top-notch. They, are, they have to convert their chances. They have to take their, all their chances against mm. the Liverpool side. Because even if uh, Liverpool needed two first-half uh, first goals to defeat uh, Atletico Madrid, I feel mm. they, can, they can pull off more against this West Ham side if they are not careful. So I don't see West Ham pulling off a surprise or anything against Liverpool. So Liverpool for the win. Liverpool for the win at the end of the day. All right, Polimi, who are you captain in this game with? Whenever in doubt, Captain Salah. Whenever in doubt, Captain Mohamed Salah. Damala, who is your captain mm, choice? Yeah, Cap- Salah, Salah is my is my captain because you know he's playing against uh, a Western side. But I can still change my mind. I can change my mind anytime. But as Balumi has said, if you are in doubt of who to captain, Captain Salah. I don't know why I can't seem to get my head past Captain Jamie Vardy. Like, I just look at it and be like, Leeds are a very, very tantalizing game for you to score two, three goals. I just can't put my head past it. But at the end of the day, well, you've heard from the experts, I am going with Jamie. I think I'll go with Jamie Vardy or, yes, Mohamed Salah at the end of the day, as usual, whenever I doubt Captain Salah. Let me, I think oh, we can also lay down the... Cristiano Ronaldo. 
Oh yes, it's definitely it's definitely one to look into as well. That's a very big risk, but considering it's Manchester City, but if anybody can put that soccer punch into Manchester City, it's definitely yeah. going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. It's definitely going to be Cristiano Ronaldo. Richard, welcome back. Sorry for that interruption. Who are you captaining this game week? Who do you see to captain for your in your team this game week? Richard, are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I said, who are you captaining this game with? No one. Who are you captaining this? Yeah, vital information. Okay. All right, fine. Who do you suggest captain this week? Not bad advice. Salah. Well, the three of them have said Salah. I, I am still stuck between Jamie Vardy, Mohamed Salah. Yes, I, if you are looking to be a, if you are a big gam, if you are a gambler, if you want to take that big risk, just maybe Raul Jimenez. I, I don't know. It looks it's looking like a draw where Jimenez will get the goal and an assist at the day against oh, Christopher. Christian. It's 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 in the middle of yeah, it. Damola mentioned that as well. Cristiano Ronaldo against Manchester City. That's also another one to look into. And like I mentioned earlier, don't look past Sam or Gallagher. 5.7 million is very, very good. Connor Gallagher, rather. Sorry. Connor Gallagher, yes. Man just might be one person you can look into in that Crystal Palace team delivering points. And yes, looking at other games, Leon Bailey looks to be stabilizing into the Aston Villa team, but the Aston Villa team in general are not balancing. So I think you stay from anybody in that team right now. I don't I don't think I own anyone. I'm looking for a way to sell Saeed Ben Rama at the moment, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm still losing my patience with Western players. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of episode 12 of Tetra Soccer. Thank you very much, guys, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you around. My name is Adam. I am signing off. If you have any comments for me, you can always leave them as an audio message in the comment section. I will be more than happy to listen to them and bring them on here if you raise a valid and genuine point. Thank you very much for joining us. Richard, any final words for anybody this weekend? Go winning. That's all that matters. Go winning. But let me any final words. Win, 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 and win. <laughs> win, win, win. And Damola. The only option should be win. Yeah, so Damola, what's your? Yeah, she's Manchester. Eddie, Jimenez take away. Mm. And uh, well, I'll be expecting to make my weekend the the perfect weekend. To make it uh, the perfect start to the weekend. Manchester United win is needed. Yes. Oh, all right. Only can hear this. I hope you just said, please and please, no matter what it takes, every single person should make it happen and Manchester City win the Manchester Derby. On that note, me again, I still stand with saying Jamie Vardy will score a hat-trick this weekend. Thank you very much for joining me and enjoy a blissful game week of spectacular football. Two.